You know, I was um, quite somber this week seeing that school shooting. It just kind of feels like that's becoming more and more commonplace in America. So uh, we need to pray for America. There's a great verse in Psalms that says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And uh, we, we need to pray for this country. I also want to thank first responders. I want to thank military people. If you serve in any capacity as a first responder uh, or a veteran, we want you to know we do appreciate you. We want to thank you for your service. Um, something so special about that, and um, it touches my heart. So I'm grateful on this Memorial Day for my family. And uh, this morning, you know, Elizabeth and I prayed all week about uh, her, her. She's going to deliver the word of the Lord this morning. And so she hadn't been able to do that for a while. We, we were going to do Mother's Day, but this is the one that we felt the Lord put on our hearts. So I want to choose my, my dear, wonderful, sweet, <laughs> kind wife, the one that uh, has my heart, and Elizabeth. Oh. I'm so grateful for your help this morning. Amen. Amen. It is a pleasure to be in the house of the Lord with you all here this morning. Man, what a wonderful weekend. Last year, it just, we had so much to write. How many know here we needed the rain? Amen. We need the rain. If you have your Bibles, open them to Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, all my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who heals all, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, so that way your, your youth will be renewed like the eagles. Satisfies your mouth with good things, so that way your youth is renewed like the eagles. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you for each and every person that's here, Lord. I pray people leave here this morning feeling renewed with strength that you have for them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You know, I'm, I immigrated here from Canada, <laughs> as you know. And um, it's just such a pleasure to be in the United States of America. And when I first immigrated down here, I had to go to work, of course, and I always had to miss a Memorial Day weekend. So I'm just very grateful and pleased I, I can actually spend time with my family this Memorial Day weekend. On Memorial Day, we, we remember the legacy of those who we have lost family members, and especially service members. Every Memorial Day weekend, we would go and visit my late grandfather's, my husband's grand, grandfather's um, gravesite, and also we would go visit his dad's gravesite as well. And we always have a pleasure to go there, pay respects, and then come home and have an amazing breakfast. <laughs> we love to come together and do that because he satisfies your mouth with good things, amen. <laughs> And that's what we did as a fam we do as a family every Memorial Day weekend. You know, way back in 2008, Joe and I went to Montreal. It's a beautiful place. In order to finalize the immigration process and have our honeymoon, we spent several days doing some urban exploration. Every time we have gone somewhere, I'm like, can we just slow down for just a minute? He's like, no, we got to go explore. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> so we would go explore places. It was beautiful. Montreal was beautiful. But I would say something. When Pastor Jordan first married me, he would harass me and tease me. Did Canadians really fight in the war? And I would educate him and said, yes, he, yes, they did. And so what's amazing with our urban exploration here going into uh, Montreal, we stumbled across this Windsor train station. And guess what was in this 
Windsor train station. Pictures of servicemen going off to war. Amen. <laughs> it was amazing time there to educate my spouse, <laughs> Pastor Joe and work, that yes, Canadians did fight in the war and we conquered. Glory be to God. <laughs> you know, Pastor Joran teases me about Canada's war service history. He thinks Canada's war contributions were mineral, and I laugh at him over that. <laughs> but that day at the train station, we had come to Jesus moment, didn't we, honey? <laughs> I was able to remind him that Canadians fought and died for our freedoms that we hold dear. I learned that in Gray Primary back in Nova Scotia, I, we had people that came in that survived the war, talked to us. It was amazing to hear their stories and testimonies. And I've also learned to tune out Jordan's Canadian bashing. <laughs> Sometimes people forget about certain sacrifice and just how good they have it. So today I will want to remind you that is on my heart, lest we forget about all that God has done for us. Let's read the first verse. Bless the Lord, all my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. The first thing I want to highlight to you this morning is don't forget to bless him. Don't forget to bless him. A blessing is a pronouncement of praise, especially in a religious connotation. Over and over again, the Bible tells us to bless his holy name. I love what it says in Psalm 145, verse 21, says that all flesh, that includes you, all flesh will bless his holy name forever and ever and ever. The scripture reminds us to bless his name. The reason why is because we often forget to praise him. How many here we only praise him when things are good, but we forget to praise him when things go hard? Amen. We have to remind ourselves in America, as things seem a little bleak and hard right now, we cannot forget to praise him. The scripture reminds us to bless his holy name. You know, a few years ago, I got depressed and I first had my baby boy. He was born and I would have put him in the ICU. I came home and a few months later, I just got hit with this sense of oppression. I said, Lord, what is going on? Why am I feeling this way? But I couldn't shake it. And then he gave me a word from Isaiah that said, put the garment of praise on to lift the spirit of heaviness. That's what you got to do in these situations in your walk with the Lord. If you feel oppressed, you have got to put the garment of praise on because some of you may be walking around with this worn, tethered garment, and you may be having this aroma of negativity around you. But when you put that garment of praise on, you put his garment on you. It's a supernatural thing. And when I would consistently do that for two weeks, put the garment of praise on, it broke the spirit of heaviness in my life. I just want to give God praise and glory for that right now. Isaiah 57 verse 19 says that something interesting. It says that God creates words of praise within you. Isn't that beautiful? God creates words of praise within you. Bless the Lord, all my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I love that. Because what's amazing is from your innermost being and from what's within you, there are times when songs will come up in my spirit and I would struggle, and I would have this sense of fear, but the Lord will always give me a new song in my heart, and immediately when I hear that song of praise in my heart, he gives it to me. It delivers me in that moment. It delivers me for that sense of fear, and that song will set you free. That's why King David says, would sing songs of deliverance. Now, have you heard in a news article back in 2014 of a 10-year-old boy 
He was abducted at the bottom of his driveway. Okay, and there was the abductor driving him around. And you know what that little boy decided to do? Start singing every praise. It was a popular song back then. And he would sing every praises to our God. And he would sing it over and over and over and over again. It drove the man nuts. Ever been around someone that would sing and praise and would drive me nuts? Well, trust me, it drove the man nuts to the point that he said, would you stop singing that praise song? And he's like, every praise every praise, and he would sing it over and over again to the point that the man said, you know what, I had enough of this. And so what happened was he dropped him off. That's what the song of deliverance will do for your life. It will silence the avenger in your life. It will silence the enemies in your life. I don't know about you, but if you're struggling at your work, if you're struggling at home, if whatever you're struggling with, put the high praises of God in your mouth because when you do that, you have a two-edged sword in your hand to silence the enemies in your life. That's what praise does for you. Praise is a weapon. King David knew that. That's why he had to sing praises, because his enemies would rejoice over him. That, now, that is still true to, to this day. Enemies will still try to come against you, but the way you fight through it is through a song of praise. I would also like to mention to you that praise is an offering. The Bible speaks in the book of Hebrews 13, verse 15, that we are going to give a sacrifice of praise. Ladies and gentlemen, I had such a beautiful time seeing worship with you here this morning because what we did this morning was that we gave a sacrifice of praise. Hallelujah. And what happens is, is when we do that is we're allowing God to, we are allowing the Spirit of God to move through our hearts when we do that. When we open our mouths, we're allowing His Spirit to move through us, and we give a sacrifice of praise. That's exactly what Jonah did in the belly of a whale. Maybe some of you here this morning feel like you're in the belly of a whale. You feel like you're in a corner. You don't know what else to do, but all you can do is give God a sacrifice of praise, and that situation will deliver you out of your circumstance here this morning, because what God has designed you to do is give him praise in every situation, every circumstance. That's what he has called us to do. Glory. That's what I had to do when I was really young. I knew I was called into the ministry since I was 10 years old. I said, God, how can this be? Here I am. On, I'm from Cape Ran Island, which is north and east of Maine, okay? And so when God called me, I said, how can this be? I, did, I wasn't raised on much. I was raised in poverty. How can I do this? How can you make this happen? But what I did have was a sacrifice of praise. Every Sunday morning, I would be in church saying, thank you, Lord. I don't know how this is going to work out. I was sitting in the front row. I said, Lord, I'm just going to give you every Sunday morning a sacrifice of praise. That's all I had. Every praise is to our God. Hallelujah. That's all I had because praise is a thing that keeps us from forgetting about God's goodness in your life. We just read that. Bless the Lord and not forget. When I am down, I try to remember about how good God has been to me and thank him for everything. Praise changes your attitude. That's what it does. It does something in your innermost being. If you're feeling low, start praising him. Because what happens is you're seeing the word of God, his life, that you're speaking over him, over yourself. Amen? It changes your heart. Let's read Psalm 103, verse 2 to 4. Here's the second thing we should not forget. Don't forget. Everyone say, his benefits. The Hebrew word for benefits speaks of his accomplishments and the advantages of serving him. 
Serving God has been the total honor of my life. There are some benefits to serving God. What, what can we call is fringe benefits? You know, I used to work at Hobby Lobby. I would collect amazing 401k at the time. They gave me Christmas bonuses. They gave me a great pay increase. But you know what? God has something better for you. God has a benefits package that's any Fortune 500 company in America could possibly offer to you. Not only does he give you benefits, he daily loads you with his benefits. Amen? And I want to mention something here, because his benefits is eternal. We have to have an eternal mindset that not only can we collect rewards here on earth, we can collect them in heaven. And you're doing, he has rewards waiting for you in heaven when you seek him with all your heart. And you're doing all that he's asked you to do. What's amazing about his great benefits is that, first of all, he forgives you from all sin. And I can't think of a better benefit than that. Now, I do remember I witnessed my grandfather, Lloyd, when he was alive, him come to the knowledge of his Lord and Savior. And when years ago, he, um, before he got saved, he was always against God, always against Jesus, always against born again. He was always against that. But I never forget the night at an old Pentecostal church they came to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. He had a lot of pain in his life. He lost a boy at stillborn birth, and he lost another son who was very dear to him when he was 18 or 19 years old his son died, and he felt like he was called into the ministry. Now, at the time, my grandfather did not know Jesus, but what he known was at that moment was his love and that he has forgiven and cleansed him from all sin and all unrighteousness. To witness that was the most precious thing in my life, to witness. He got up in that church. He came to the front. There he was weeping, and God saved him. That's the greatest benefit I could possibly witness in my life. So the next day, I got sad, I got depressed, but you know what? I had a dream the next night, and I had a messenger that came to me and said, why are you crying? You know where he's at. So some of you could be holding on to grief, but we, if you know where your loved ones are at, why are you crying? Surely he borne our griefs. He carried our sorrows, because that's what he's done for us. That's the greatest benefit we have, knowing that there's a heaven. Amen. Another benefit we have is that he heals all your diseases. You know, I love, it says in Isaiah 53, verse 4, I love it. Surely he has borne your griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we stint him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are what? We are healed. Glory. You know, I had the pleasure of witnessing seeing my mom being healed. When I was probably 12 years old, she would have rheumatoid arthritis. Just before the dampness would come, her body would clam up, and she would be in bed, and she could not move. I witnessed that for several years. She would carry around a cane. Like, I already, like I always knew when there was dampness coming or there was a rainstorm coming because she would just grab her cane, and she could barely walk around the house. I said to myself, oh, this isn't good. I'm young. How am I going to take care of myself? How am I going to take care of her? You know, but I thought to myself, how can this happen? And so she went on like that for years until she decided to go to a healing crusade. Okay? When she went to a healing crusade, she came back. I'm like, where's your cane? I don't need it anymore. 
And I have witnessed that healing ever since. The Lord supernaturally healed her body. And he can do the same thing for you here today at church. He can heal you. He heals all your diseases. I remember when Grandma Hall, you know, she had me pray for her years ago. And she had this giant bee sting on her hand. It was all swollen up in a flame. She's like, Elizabeth, why don't you just pray for me? So I laid hands on Grandma Hall. I command that bee sting to go down. She actually called me the next morning and she said, guess what? It's gone. Surely he has healed all your diseases. And what I love about not only does he heal your diseases, he also redeems your life from destruction. Another way of saying that is that he rescues you. Amen. I love this one because God has rescued me. I grew up so poor, I was in a fishing village, one meal a day, but you know what? He rescued me, and I knew I was called. He had a call in my life. I never went to church much when I was that age, but I knew there was a God, and I knew that he, has, he had called me, and so I had a sense for ministry, and then I had a sense of, Lord, please send a knight in shining army to get me out of this, <laughs> and he did. You know, he gave me a scripture for Psalm 12, verse 5. He said, I will arise, says the Lord, and send you in a place of safety, which you long for. That's the word he gave me, and that's in my spirit, and that's what I hung on to for several years. Now, sometimes, Jordan, as you know, doing some Canadian bashing here, and sometimes a knucklehead. <laughs> and one time I got so frustrated with him, and that does happen in marriage. Ever been frustrated with your spouse before? Come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you ever been? Yeah. But what's amazing with that was God reminded me, and he really gave me a strong impression of my new down in my innermost being, what my life would be like if I was not married to him. And I could tell you one thing, I would be so lost without, my, without him. He's an amazing husband. So I would be so lost, I wouldn't fulfill the call of God in my life. That's why you have to be so wise. I'm talking to you, youth, back there. You have to be so wise in who you're married, because who you marry is going to be your destiny with your walk with the Lord. Amen? That's, that's the real truth right there. And maybe you need to be reminded about how God has rescued you from sin. Where would you be without the Lord in your life? Think about that. Where would you be? Because oftentimes we forget. While I was reading in my Bible the past week, the Lord highlighted to me 2 Samuel 6, verse 6 to 7. I thought, well, this is fascinating. While, please forgive me, I cannot pronounce his name, but I'm going to try. Yusa in Ohio were transporting the ark to the city of David. Yusa put out his hand to the ark to steady it because the oxen stumbled and the ark shook. And the anger of the Lord was against Yusa and struck him. And I believe that was a picture of right there is that we forget because we get too familiar. We get too familiar. Things become so familiar by touching the ark that we think that we can, we can figure things out on our own. And that's what Yusa did by touching the ark to steady it because there's no flesh can glory in my presence. Anyone that touched the ark in the Old Testament, you were gone. But if you in your life are living in a common place and you're doing the same routine, you're either in a routine or you're in a rut, you feel like. You're doing the same thing over and over and over again, or you feel like you're in a rut, and God and coming to church every Sunday, all of a sudden you start feeling like, God, this is so familiar. Like it's more a familiarity than a real thing to me. God desires for you to have a living, alive, active, powerful walk with Him. And not to get too familiar or complacent. Because we always need to have a sense of awe and we have a sense of wonder. 
You know why I love it says in the next verse right here, it says that he crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. I love that, which means he favors us. I've had desire, like I mentioned before for ministry. The problem was I've always fought and felt like I was not qualified. Okay? Now, I will tell you something. Like two years ago, the Lord put on my heart to do Psalm 103. I thought, Lord, how am I go- when am I going to do this? So I prayed about I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let, if this is your will, I'm going to let the door open to me. And then Pastor Jordan came to me, and he said, Honey, I really feel strongly led to do Mother's Day. Would you be willing to do Memorial Day weekend? I thought, great. I have a great word. The Lord put in my heart. I can't wait to share it. So I waited for the door to open up for me to come minister to you this morning. And he surrounded me with his goodness and mercy in doing that. I allowed to wait on him, and he surrounded me with goodness and mercy. You know, in Samuel 4, verse 4, it talks about the story of Jonathan's young son. It's a fascinating story. If you look in your Bible this week, read about it. It talks about how a nurse heard the terrible news that Jonathan and and Saul died in battle. And so so Jonathan's young boy and her, the nurse tried to escape to take him away, take away Jonathan's son, the late Jonathan's son. Because she's like, for sure, David's going to have vengeance on Jonathan's house, and I'm done. Everyone's done. He's going to come kill us. (laughs) Surely goodness and mercy has removed from me, right? And what's sad was is that the boy was born crippled in his feet. So when the nurse was, took him and tried to carry him away and tried to hurry to carry him away, she dropped the kid, the young boy. And as a result, he became lame for the rest of his life. Very sad. But what's amazing is, if you look back, look further in chapter 9, it talks about how God restored, how King David restored tender mercies and goodness to, to Jonathan's house. He says, is there anyone left in Jonathan's house that I can bless? Anyone left? And there was the late son who came up, the late um, father's son who came up. And he said, well, I'm it, all lame and all crippled. He came as he was. And he said, you can eat in my house for the rest of your life and stay here with me. And boy, he did. He restored loving kindness and tender mercies. If you're sitting here this morning and, and you feel crippled or you feel lamed in your situations, God can restore loving kindness and tender mercies to you. Isn't God good? And he satisfies you. You will never find true satisfaction and contentment in the world. It can only be found in the Lord, not in your situation, not in your circumstance, we were doing a remodel that Joran <laughs> kept preaching on for a long time. But I can only find true satisfaction in Christ the whole time because he is my solid rock and on him which I stand. Dave, and finally, David said that he satisfies our lives with good things. The cross-reference is 1 Timothy 6, verse 17, which says that God gives us all richly things to enjoy. Glory. When you set your mind and hope in God and not in riches in the world, it can only be found in the Lord. You know, we have three beautiful children. And when I was first dating Joran, we dated quick. You probably, some of you may not know our story, but we dated quick and been married now for several years. But when we first married, he asked me, how many kids do you want? And I said, you know, how many do you want? And he's like, well, I only want two. And I said, 
Two, eh? Huh. Well, I said A because I'm Canadian. And, <laughs> and so I said back to him, okay, that's fine. I, and secretly, I lied. And, I, and, I, and when I got, first got married to him, I said, Lord, surely you'll change his heart. <laughs> and so he did. He prayed and fasted, and God greatly moved on your heart, didn't he, honey? Yeah. And so we had baby Abigail, but what was funny was he was for sure having a boy, but we had a girl. And so God had to work on his heart for that. We all as a church had to come aside him, gizzed. <laughs> but we helped him go get through that. But you know what, what's amazing was he loves baby Abigail so much that his sister Jessica said, stop spoiling her. What are you doing? <laughs> but you know what? I am not going to forget to praise God. God has been so good to me. We should not forget to bless him and thank him for all his benefits. Dude, like the eagle. Thing we should not forget, and this is powerful in verse 5. Your youth will be renewed like the eagles. Eagles fly with two wings, and it's created for balance, like two wheels on a bicycle, or the two legs you walk on. In other words, don't forget to be, everyone say, balanced. The Bible says, Proverbs 11, verse 1, that God delights in balance. The unjust scale is abomination. God is balance. God's God of the holy God. He's a God of order. If you study the Bible, you'll find it's a perfectly balanced book. So balanced that it took the test of time. It, it stood the test of time. You know, there's a verse in Isaiah that says, Isaiah 40, verse 31, that says that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, shall mount up like wings like eagles, shall run and not be weary, shall walk and not be faint. That's for you here this morning. You shall run and not be weary and walk and not be faint. When Isaiah says that, it, that an eagle renews its strength, and the psalmist declared that your youth will be renewed like the eagle. It's referring to the molting process of eagle feathers. Every so often, an eagle will renew its feather. The old has frayed and come off, okay? Feathers fall off, and what happens is you are replaced with new feathers. See, some of you may feel like you're molting on the outside. <laughs> you have some old feathers coming off, but there's some new feathers coming in. You know what that's a picture of? Is the renewing of your mind, when you spend time in the scripture with the Lord, the old things are passed away. Hey, behold, you hold on to something new in the word that he has for you. And what's amazing is that your outward man may be perishing, you may be molting, but your inward man is being renewed day by day by day. Well, renewed feathers allow your eagle to soar higher and glide smoother. You know what that's called? That's called being balanced. When you got that new feathers going on, doesn't matter how old you are, you're going to glide higher and smoother. The old feathers increase and drag on eagles so they are not as agile as they once were, but the renewed feathers, eagles will fly higher and higher. We need balance in our lives, ladies and gentlemen. We need more of that in our lives. And, you know, especially I can speak to some moms that are home with kids because I went through a season where, I had all my kids home. They were fighting. I was babysitting. I was just about to yell. Can you believe that I was just about to yell? Okay. <laughs> because a lot of people are like, I can't hear your voice. You're just talk so quiet. Well, at that moment, I was about to yell. So I heard this at the door. So I opened the door, and the person said to me, have you read the scriptures today, dear? 
And I said, oh, yes. I lied. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And I shut the door. I said, oh, God. (laughs) I have got to be balanced. I know if I don't spend time in the Word, I'm not going to have a good time with my kids, with my job, with what I'm called to do every day. Because when we spend time in the Word, it says in His Word that all Scripture is God-breathed. So what He's doing is His Word is life to you, and His breath and His life is being breathed into you. That's why when you read the Word of God, there may be a word that stands out in the Scripture, and you're like, wow, God is speaking to you. He's giving a sense of revelation of what you're reading in, reading of. One unusual fact about an eagle, which is amazing, because if you're already, you know, feeling a little unbalanced, what are you going to do when a storm comes? The thing that an eagle loves to do is to fly into storms. They actually love it so much they fly above the storms. I don't know about you, but I lived on the ocean. My backyard was the ocean, and when we had storms, I would try to get away from it, (laughs) especially with the winds and the waves in the backyard that I had. But when you're faced with a storm, and the storms of life will always come, you need to have a renewed sense of balance so that way you can steady yourself to rise above the storm. How many here know that before military gets shipped off to war, they have to have weaponry, they have to have a gun, they have to have armor on, they have to already be prepared before they go off to war, amen? Otherwise, if they go off to war with nothing, it it doesn't help them. That's why the Bible says is that to have the full armor of God on, so when the storm comes, you can put up that shield of faith to quench every fiery dart that the wicked one has set against you. That's what we're called to do. We're called to have the armor of God on. What's also really good is that when you're also sent out to war, you're not going alone. You're with the group of people. Amen? And what you need to have on your day-to-day life is healthy, godly relationships will definitely be, bring balance in your life. For Proverbs 11, verse 14 say, In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. You know, I try to listen to godly counselor. Counsel. One of my mentors is Miss Jeannie Ware. She comes down and she talks to me about, um, see, look, I said about, <laughs> about be pastor's wives or whatever, and she ministers to me. And I went through a season where I didn't know how to be balanced. I'm like, I'm here with the kids a lot. I got to take care of the house, but I have desire for ministry. I don't know what to do. Lord, I need your wisdom in this. And she said, Elizabeth, you have to be flexible. Flexible branches don't break. So I thought, aha, uh-huh. okay. So I prayed, I sought the Lord, I pressed in. A year later, I had this precious lady came to me and she said, I want to offer you my house once a month so you come minister to the ladies. I said, okay, God, that's confirmation. I got confirmation after confirmation. And it's just been a pleasure ministering ever since. So I had wisdom to have my time steward well. And what's amazing is that I had counselors of safety to help me. One thing that Pastor Jordan and I have and elders in this church is that we share the burden to have healthy, stable relationships and have a healthy balance of the word and the spirit. You know, I quote the first in Isaiah 40, verse 31, that eagles wait for the wind. If you want to soar, you have to catch the wind of the spirit. The wind, Jesus says, it blows where it wishes. You can't command it to go northeast or southwest or 
whatever, but you cannot command it like that. God moves as he wills. Not saying you can't intercede and pray for God to move, which we do here faithfully every Wednesday for several years. We desire that. But he moves as he wishes. That's the same as the, that's why the gifts of the, op, how, how it's operated is that he moves on them as he wishes. I was in prayer last week. And I had this word for someone. I called them up. I said, hey, you know, the Lord put this on my heart. This is what I saw. And they said to me immediately, I was praying for that for so long. Why, why did you tell me this now? I'm like, well, he moves as he wills. <laughs> he moves as he wills. And that was confirmation to them. So you can't force gifts to operate, but you can flow with them when God moves. So many times where God gives me an unction, that's what I do. I allow him to move as he wills. Amen. You know what's incredible to me? how God moves as he will. He moved on my husband, Jordan, to go online to meet me. I just want to say it's been 15 years today we have been married, honey. Lest you forget. (laughs) Here I am preaching (laughs) for you. And it's been a wonderful time. I could say this, that I have married my best friend. Um, he, we, have, we are very open with each other. There's nothing that Jordan hides from me, as you know. There's nothing much Jordan hides from a lot of people. There's <laughs> some of the great features I have of you know, being married to him. And um, it's just such a blessing and honor to be his wife because I married my destiny right here. When I married him, I knew I made a wise decision. Fifteen years ago today, honey, lest you forget. <laughs> Maybe you have forgotten some things. As I close out here, I'm going to say, maybe you have forgotten some things. Maybe you have forgotten to bless his name. Maybe you have forgotten all his benefits. Or maybe you just simply have got off balance in your life. Maybe you feel like you got too much of one area going on, too much of this going on, or maybe it's your season that you're in. You know, I remember I was standing at Windsor train station there in Montreal and viewing the pictures of thousands and thousands of Canadian men who were sent off to fight in the war. The vivid images I still remember today is as clear as a bell. Are they to you, hon? Yeah, (laughs) as clear as a bell. One time I was on the airplane and I sit next to me was this beautiful, sweet lady. And I was telling her how I immigrate to the United States and how, you know what, I appreciate the freedoms that we hold dear here. And she looked at me and she said, Elizabeth, freedom is not free. And when she said that to me, I was like, wow. She's like, I fought overseas for many years. And let me tell you something, freedom is not free. And it, it just resonated with me because I realized in that moment that I have forgotten that freedom is not free. But what's amazing is in the next moment, I realized I am so grateful that freedom's price has been paid by the blood of Jesus Christ. Freedom is paid by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and we don't have to question that. He paid the ultimate price for us. For John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave. That's the greatest benefit that God has given to us is that He loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever that don't believe in him shall not, 
Whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I am here to tell you this morning that we have the blessed assurance of Jesus Christ when we receive him as Lord and Savior. We're not destined to hell. We're destined to heaven. If you're here this morning and you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning, if you want to know that, I want to call my prayer team down right now. If you're on the prayer team, please come down to the front. And I just don't want to miss out on anybody. If you're here this morning and you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you feel like you are off balance with your life, then maybe you hear this morning that you may feel that you feel lost, off balance, you need a little bit of wisdom. We will be glad to pray with you here this morning. And as we close out here this morning, we're going to sing, Great is Our Faithfulness. Thank you, Great Jesus. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I Good job, man. I'm proud of my wife. Good job, Luke. <laughs> right, have a wonderful Memorial Day. We'll catch you all next week, all right? Love you.